I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. Today I'm talking with Douglas Arthur from Boston, Massachusetts. I spoke with Doug in 2021, and at that time he was just starting a new program called Chance of a Lifetime. This program gives people a 15-month paid internship to explore three facets of ministry in a Hope Youth Camp, the Boston Campus Ministry, and finally, a foreign missionary adventure. I thought it would be good to check back in with Doug and see how that program, as well as the 15 missionary schools that he's helping to develop globally, are doing. All this and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no-regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. I hope you are having an amazing time wherever you live. There are two things I want to let you know about. First of all, thanks for signing up for the CLIMB Conference. That's November 30th through December 3rd, 2023 in Dallas, Texas. We already have nearly 100 people registered, and that's nearly as many as came to the first conference that we ever hosted. We're praying that this year we'll have over 300 or more people in attendance. And so you can register at robskinner.com if you haven't already. Secondly, I've talked about this before, but my dream is to plant 10 or more churches by 2030. My next mission target is Saurita Green Valley, in southeastern Arizona. Saurita is one of the top five fastest growing cities in Arizona, and I'm looking for team members and a church leader to plant that church in the fall of 2023. We're looking for families with kids, empty nesters, and retirees to plant this beautiful area of Arizona. If you're looking to preach the word while raising your family, or you want to retire with a purpose, or you simply want to go on a mission team, contact me at rob at robskinner.com. That's rob at robskinner.com. Doug, welcome back to the program. Thanks. It is great to have you. What have you been up to since we last talked? We last talked almost two years ago, July 1st, 2021. Yeah. Uh, Boy, time flies, but it seems like it wasn't long ago (laughs) that we were uh, talking about. When I realized it's almost two years, so much has happened in that time. Um, you know, God has really taught me a lot of things. Um, I, I, I had a tremendous uh, history uh, leading in churches on several different uh, countries and, and continents. And I spent many years then, uh, the last 12 or 14 years leading in Boston. But it really became clear to me uh, that it was time for a change. And it, there were some shortcomings in my own life that some of the close brothers really helped me with. They pointed out Hey, um, bro, you need to you need to in some sense slow down, focus on God, stay close with your family, and uh, that was great input. And they they challenged me to take a sabbatical, a leave of absence, to be able to just focus and be centered because I'd been running too um, in too many directions. The remarkable thing was <clears throat> my simple challenge was to be still and know who God was, and um, I took that to heart. 
and it was for six months, and it seemed like forever. <laughs> and at times, I even, I even asked the question, "Does it? Do we need six months of this? Surely a month? <laughs> About two months?" And and the remarkable thing was, the brother said, "No, six months is good." And the Lord said, "No, it's not. Um, this is all a lead up to COVID." So this was the six months before COVID, and six months turned into two and a half years of being still, which was um, life changing. Mm. It was it was very good, and uh, I appreciate so much uh, both the challenge and the opportunity to redirect uh, in a in a more focused, although it's quite a diverse direction. It's still more focused than what I was doing before, and so I'm really grateful, and I believe. <clears throat> I believe the Hebrews 12 concept that God guides us, he disciplines us, he directs us. It's not always pleasant, but it's always for our good. And when I see where he's taken me, I couldn't be more thrilled. So I'm really grateful for that. I see. Um, and what I've, what I've been focused on is working with the Bean Missions Foundation and developing next generation leadership around the world working with schools of missions. We now have 15 schools of missions on every continent in the world, apart from Antarctica. Um, God's working. We've we've seen 200 people added to the full-time ministry in the last several years. There are more than 400 people training in our schools around the world. Um, God has been doing remarkable things. And, you know, we, we did a little an assessment about a year ago uh, and looked on disciples today and realized that even just in North America, there are more than a hundred openings for ministry positions. Right. There's a tremendous need for uh, young leadership, campus ministry, young professionals, church leaders, region leaders, youth and family. And we're really focused on trying to address those needs and that's why we've taken the money that Tom Bean gave, and we've been focused now on really doing some incredible things uh, all around the world. I'm really excited in the last few years. We've started new programs in Africa, in Johannesburg, in Sao Paulo, Brazil, two in French-speaking Africa, uh, where the school in India is splitting from one school to two. Um, the programs are uh, growing around the world, and we're really gratified. We're encouraged. It, it makes us feel good that Tom left a generous gift and we're putting it to good use. And um, so I've been focused on that as well as another program, which we developed actually during the pandemic called Chance of a Lifetime, which I think we were only 30 days into that program when you and I spoke right. the last time. I mean, you were really but, jazzed about it. You were really excited, but at the, at the time, I don't think it was fully developed or just in the incipient, right. incipient stages. Right. It was one month in. And, you know, we, we had this idea. One of the things that I'm convinced of is that young people, young disciples, um, they want to dream great dreams. They're... There's a lot of conversation. There's a lot of talk about be careful and the bad things and the things to look out for. And certainly I hope all of us who've been working at serving the Lord for 20 or 30 or 40 years have learned a tremendous amount about what to do and what not to do. Right. But the heart of the young is still to step out on faith, to say, here am I, send me. 
let's let's go on an adventure. Let's do something great for God. Let's dream big dreams. I, I see that over and over. And when when we started Chance of a Lifetime, it really was answering the question, how do we get young people exposed to all the possible in service in the kingdom of God? It's not about purely about full-time ministry, but how do you get them to experience leadership development mm. so that they can make an informed decision right. about what do I feel called to do? And that's really what not only the schools of missions, because we have the same conviction there, but chance of a lifetime is really about that. And so what we realized. Okay. Well, let me ask this question. What's the difference? You've got the schools of missions in 15 different countries or 15 different schools around the world, then you've got chance of a lifetime. Can you differentiate those? Yes. A school of missions is typically a three-year training program where someone serves most of the time full-time in the ministry as an intern, and then they get in-depth training, both in terms of walking with um, the, the, the old model of discipling from the perspective of having a friend, a mentor, who studies the Bible with you, with people, helps you think about counseling people, helps you raise up people. They have a very frequent relationship with, with young people who are trying to learn how to be an effective leader, most often in a youth and family or a campus or a young professionals setting. That's what a school of missions is. And it's a, it's a cohort of people, in most cases, something like 20 people training together in a large church, and, and exploring where God will take them. But it also provides an opportunity for in-depth biblical study. We, we really have two, uh, two aspects. We have the hands-on training, the, the walking with, the discipling, but we also have academic excellence that teach people the Bible in-depth, uh, give them direction in how to preach the Word, how to lead groups, um, how to read the Old Testament, how to read the New Testament. So that program is um, a multifaceted training program, as I say, that typically lasts about three years. Chance of a Lifetime is different. Chance of a Lifetime is a 15-month paid internship. And it's an internship with three facets. The first is at Camp Hope for Kids outside of Philadelphia where they go and serve in this camp. And it's not like other camps, which perhaps are just teen or preteen camps. Camp Hope for Kids is an incredible opportunity. In a given summer, they may have between 2,500 and 3,000 young people who go in, through there. Oh my gosh. From inner city settings, from uh, at-risk children, teen camp, preteen camp, families with special needs, arts and sports camps, all sorts of things. And so when you sign up for Chance of a Lifetime, you sign up to be those counselors, mentors, directors, working with the staff at Camp Hope for Kids, and they get to serve and train in an incredible way, in an immersive context, where they're living at camp for three months and, and they're bonding as friends. And God is stretching them in many ways. And if they don't like bugs, they they really have to go by faith. So that's phase one. Phase two 
is coming to Boston and serving as an intern in a campus ministry or youth and family or young professionals ministry. And for nine months, you serve as an intern. The Boston church hires them for nine months to serve in the church and get a feel for what it's like to be on staff. They're part of the New England School of Missions, one of those schools of missions I was talking about, but they're also part of the staff meetings. They're discipled by trainers who are specifically focused on helping them learn and grow and get a full exposure and opportunity. That's for nine months. And then the last three months, phase three, is their first missionary journey. In the first round of Chance of a Lifetime, the students, the, the, the participants went to, five of them went to Johannesburg, South Africa, five went to Manila, and five went to help plant a church in Frankfurt, Germany. And they spent three months there serving, sharing their faith, uh, exploring a new culture, and gave them a sense of world missions that's not been easy to experience previously. Right. So that's the 15-month experience, and then they have graduation. Wow. Graduation is where they collectively write poems about each other, <laughs> and we have incredible sharing times. And then it's, it's life after coal, as they call it the acronym for chance of a lifetime. Okay. But, so, so how many people have participated so far over the past year and a half? In the past year and a half, there, there were 15 who went through the first time. I think there were 11 who were going through um, this time and they're just about to launch to phase three. And then there are 13 more who are waiting who are going to start in one month's time. They're going into phase one as uh, season two finishes phase three. So this summer will be the start for season three and the end for season two. Okay, so one of the things you mentioned in our talk before we started recording is that you were learning a lot about the next generation. What, what do people need to know? What do church leaders need to know about this next generation? I think this gen next generation, it's true that the culture and the environment in, in the United States and in many other places in the world are, are um, I would say, heading in the wrong direction spiritually. Uh, there are battles to be won now that, that weren't really battles to be discussed previously. That's all true. But the heart of faith and adventure and the desire to do great things for God burns brightly in the hearts of many of our young people. But the problem is they don't see a path for adventure. Mm. They, they need to be led and helped to, to experience some of these things. There's a, there's a false concept among many at this point, which is all of this stuff should happen organically. That just leave people alone and, and it will happen by itself. That is not true. That is utterly false. You'll find the very rare occasional person who finds their way to this type of experience or adventure. But by and large, if you don't if you don't make a straight path, if you don't have somebody who's doing the John the Baptist of making a path, 
then young people don't know what to do. And if they don't see a path, then they go along with what everybody else does, which is uh, move into a career and settle in and get excited or motivated about other things. And what I've seen over and over, when you establish a school of missions and people see a cohort of dreamers, they say, I want to be a part of that. I want to join that. And th there's a there's an enthusiasm. Oh, I know how to get there. That's great. When you establish something like chance of a lifetime and the word gets out and the word of mouth spreads, people are people are excited. I want to do that. But if you don't create those opportunities, then you lose the, the opportunity to influence and to fan into flame the faith of those young disciples who want to do great things for God. Wow, that's awesome. That's fantastic. So can you share some inspiring stories from Chance of a Lifetime from the participants? What, what's, what's going on? <laughs> I wrote it down. I just, I, I'm on a couple of group me's with the, with season one and season two. That's what we call them. Season one. They refer <laughs> sounds, as, sounds like a reality TV show. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> season one, they refer to themselves as alternately the, um, pioneers or the guinea pigs, which they were told. <laughs> we didn't know what they were doing. Season two is now it's too good. Too good to be true. Season, two. <laughs> Season three wants to be known as third time's a charm. You know, okay. <laughs> we, but, but there are these incredible connections and friends. And, you know, we, we ask at the end of the program, what's the, what's the best thing about chance of a lifetime? And, and they always say the same thing. It's the relationships, it's the cohort, it's the people that they get to be on an adventure. That's their favorite thing, and to see God move. But, you know, I, I'll, I'll just give you a few because we don't have time. Um, in, well, we, when we put it out during the middle of the pandemic, it, it, was, it was the winter of 2020 when we started. <laughs> Shakira was praying God, she was a, she had a master's program available to her, but she wanted to explore ministry. God, help me find a place. And we put it out on the internet. She signed up. She came to season one. It was amazing. And then um, at the end of that, she went down to the University of Maryland, and she's leading the campus ministry at the University of Maryland now. She wanted me to put a shout out. She needs a male leader. So if there's someone listening to this podcast that wants to serve at the University of Maryland, she would be excited about that. Awesome. Hugo was a guy. Hugo was working on vaccines. He was working on the COVID vaccine. And he was at uh, Texas A&M. He was on a one-year challenge. He joined into Chance of a Lifetime when it finished he went over to moldova he's on revive ee now going on an adventure and after a year in in moldova he's coming back to serve in the campus ministry shawnee was on a mission team in pennsylvania she came on chance of a lifetime now she's with the new mission team uh in washington dc she's working with a nonprofit. uh she was a social worker by background she's working with the nonprofit to end homelessness in dc i mean Anjali, she came. She was incredible. She's serving in the campus ministry. We had two that weren't finished with college, Lauren and Quentin. And, and I really wanted to say yes to them. But I said, I don't like the idea that you're between your junior and senior year. One was in Florida. One was in Connecticut. 
I said, we'll accept you if you promise, you have to promise that as soon as chance of a lifetime's over, you'll go back and finish your degree. And you'll tell your parents, I made you promise. <laughs> and, they said, we will. and they both came, they had an incredible time. Now they're both back serving as interns in the campus ministry yukon and in florida and they're finishing they're graduating they're walking next month so i was so proud of that. that's them. awesome crazy patrick crazy patrick he, he's an earthy crunchy guy <laughs> he was working as an intern at hope for kids he's he was a vegan he, but at the end of it all an opening came to be the camp manager at the gateway to the arctic retreat center he's in alaska running <laughs> a, a camp for the church, a retreat center, but Patrick's living the dream. I mean, it's incredible what's going on. Wow. Gabe's working in administration. Kendall came from Pepperdine. Now he he's worked back. He's leading, helping to lead the Tufts ministry while working a, a regular job. He's doing great things. Jamie's getting ready for medical school. Uh, Eden signed up for season two. She's the only one that ever did uh, two, but she did season one and season two. Chelsea's in the campus ministry. And I'll tell you one more. These are all season one people. One of the funnest stories about season one is Larry McNary, who's now a campus minister in Nashville. Larry is a most humble, gentle person you'll ever meet. Very soft-spoken, very kind, wonderful brother. He was out sharing his faith on campus and and bumped into uh, one of the stars on the basketball team and uh, who's kind of a loud fella he was getting his master's degree he was and larry reached out to him and the guy said you know what i've been reading my bible his name was jordan he said i've been reading my bible and i don't understand samson how does samson fit into the whole picture <laughs> which is actually a difficult question right exactly <laughs> Try to preach a sermon on Samson. It's hard. <laughs> but and, and Larry said, you know what? I've been praying to meet somebody who's searching for God. <laughs> Jordan, he said, we should get together and study. Jordan said, I don't know. He was kind of suspicious. He said, I don't know. He said, if you text me in three weeks, I'll get together with you one time. That, that was kind of a bold or proud thing, but right. Larry didn't care. He said, I'll text you in three weeks. Sure enough, three weeks, he texted him, and they got together. They studied once. But then Jordan was like, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. And they he didn't get together again until the next semester. He met him again on campus, reached out to him. Cash McCarg was the campus minister, the, the region leader there. They studied the Bible. Jordan got baptized. It was just a year ago last week because he celebrated his first birthday as a Christian. But he's now signed up for season three of Chance of a Lifetime. So he's a year and a little bit old. And, and Larry's <laughs> now he's on Chance of a Lifetime. He finished his master's degree and he finished his basketball career and he's on Chance of a Lifetime. But to see Larry, the most humble person in the world, be so effective uh, was really an encouraging That's story. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, as you as we get into 2023, what are you excited about looking forward? What, where are you focusing your energy going forward? You know, in the schools of missions, we, we have a concept and we have principles that we're working on, but we're really redoubling our efforts and trying to partner more closely with mission societies to help really foster the development of young people. We're trying to make sure that our academic uh, components are really strong and 
that we have the training, the hands-on training. You know, we're, we've been known at times as a discipling movement, but, but we've kind of gotten away from some of that. And in some of our churches, you know, as the leadership has aged, the, the sort of daily contact that a young person needs is not commonly available. Mm -hmm. And so we've had to really ask the hard questions because some people are gifted at this and some are not so much, and that's fine. But but we need to make sure the ones who are gifted are the ones who are exposed. So we're really trying to strengthen the schools that exist, and we're excited about that. And with chance of a lifetime, you know, God has blessed us so far with something in the high 20s, season three coming along. We're approach, we'll be approaching 50 people, probably all of them, all of those who have gone through the program are leading significantly. And perhaps two-thirds of them are leading in a ministry context for now. We're very clear to celebrate, not that people go one way or the other, but that they, they feel the calling of God in which direction they believe God is calling them right, to. Right. You know, we have people in season two, the group that's there now, there was a young uh, brother who was converted to MIT did an incredible job, was accepted for a master's program at MIT. He has a British passport, a Nigerian passport, and an American passport, <laughs> and he speaks Japanese. He, he put them all aside and joined Chance of a Lifetime. Now, after serving for a year, now for after 15 months, he's going to revive EE in um, this time in Romania. But you see people who put down careers in software engineering and said, I want to come and serve on chance of a lifetime. So we're ex expanding that. We've had trouble integrating international students. We've had ones we've accepted, but getting visas from Africa or Asia are, is challenging. Mm -hmm. And so we're exploring the idea of establishing similar programs in various continents. Wow. Because giving these young people a chance to serve the needy train in the ministry and go on a missionary journey really is effective at helping them dream about what God is calling them to do in their lives. Wow. Now, Doug, you had a life-threatening illness a while back. It sounds like this program is expanding. You're traveling all over the world. How, how, how are you doing that? How are you managing all that? God. God's good. I, I did have a, a fairly um, serious form of thyroid cancer a few years ago, and I was able to have surgery that that I prayed would eliminate the cancer. But but what I believe is that God's will was not for that. <laughs> and and I was left with a little. Now, that little cancer um, is growing and keeps me humble although it's growing at a very slow pace, which is encouraging. And, and I um, am grateful for that. It's, 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 uh, it's not bad. But that give, gave me a sense of urgency and seriousness that I think I lacked before because I've always been very healthy and fit and thought right. I'm going to live a really long time. And um, something about being diagnosed with cancer and something about having to go every year to be tested again to see how much press has been made um, 
let you know that you're not in control. And I'm really, I'm grateful for that. Um, I'm grateful that my results are, um, the, the progression is slow. Last year, the progression sort of spiked, but this year it came down, which is really terrific. And so <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful to God. Um, and I, I do think it gave me a sense of urgency. Although in terms of symptoms, I, I don't have uh, symptoms to speak of. So uh, I'm, I'm able to do a lot. God is, God has really blessed us. You know, I'm, I was thrilled because over the last year we worked worked with a task force of people who um, helped out in India, both because we were concerned about expanding the school, but the leadership of the churches um, was in a complicated spot and they asked for help. And we were able to work together and uh, work with elders, evangelists, teachers, trustees, uh, the women's ministry to bring things together and put together a path forward. Dinesh and Caroline George had led those ministries for 25 years. Right. But it was time for a change, which is true all over the world. Um, but those changes are hard the first time. And, and definitely we made some missteps. Mistrust had crept in. But now a year later, we have a, a, a beautiful new plan and everybody has a seat at the table and mm. God is using it in a great way. That was a great thrill. That was a side adventure. That mm. was something that was um, good. The, the travel that I do now mostly is to schools of missions to help them sort of assess the strengths and weaknesses, uh, what's going on, how can we do it better, and also help inform me so that I can advocate um, for them uh, with the mission societies or the churches that support them or even with BEAM itself. So that's, um, that's the adventure. As I said at the beginning, God took me through a time of uh, of discipline and and, and self-reflection that was much longer than I was anticipating. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he brought me to a place of abundance, and I'm really grateful. That's that. awesome. Well, I'll be praying for you, and I, I just am inspired. You've always had so much vibrancy and power and energy, and your sense of humor is absolutely contagious. I'm inspired by what you're doing to advance the kingdom. How can a person get involved in Chance of a Lifetime? Let's say a person's listening, they're like, I want to do that. I want my chance. The The applications will open in about two months, and they're found at beammissions.org. Beammissions.org. Or if you just Google chance of a lifetime beam, it will come right up. Okay. Can you but, spell Can you spell that beam? Is it bean or beam? B-E-A-M. Like beam of light. Okay. Beam, beammissions.org. Beam org and I'll put and that in the, the show chance, I'll put that in the show note notes so that people can find that that's great I, I want you to know what I was in India a couple of times in the last six months and on both occasions I had um, leading brothers and sisters come up and say I heard you on Rob Skinner's podcast <laughs> <laughs> they said we really love Rob Skinner's podcast <laughs> okay so when you reached out about coming back I thought I better get on Rob Skinner's podcast <laughs> well Doug thank you so much I really appreciate the encouragement great to talk to you all the best to you with both the 15 mission schools as well as Chance of a Lifetime. I love what you're doing. I'm going to be praying that God absolutely multiplies your work and gives you good health and a long life. Thanks, man. Thank God you. bless. Thanks so much for your help. Thanks for listening. 
Here's how you can help support the program. First, hit the subscribe button and let your friends know about the program. Secondly, read and review one of my books, either How to Plant and Grow a Church or Courage, How to Make This Life Count. You can find them on Amazon.com or IPI Books. Finally, support the program financially by going to TucsonChurchOfChrist.org. That's TucsonChurchOfChrist.org, spelled T-U-C-S-O-N, and hit the Donate tab. Select the General Fund. Your tax-deductible gift will help me multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, live a no-regrets life, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.